Welcome to this special edition of Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. We uh, today are going to be joined on our broadcast by uh, a musician, uh, singer, songwriter, and uh, she is uh, probably what you might consider a renaissance woman, maybe? Uh, Emily Yurchitson <laughs> is laughing because I can see her on YouTube where you can see these programs, these interviews. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. I am so grateful to be here today. Would, it's would, a gift. Would that be a fair statement or is it an over-exaggeration that you're, you're somewhat of a Renaissance woman because you do a lot of different things? Or would you fine-tune it more so than I did? Oh, what an excellent question. Thank you so much. I, you know, I've never been considered a Renaissance woman. I, I've dated Renaissance men, but, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I would never consider myself a Renaissance woman. So yes, I would fine tune it. I would definitely okay. fine tune it. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I will withdraw, withdra- uh, withdraw my comments about the Renaissance woman, but needless to say, uh, you are not only a singer-songwriter, but you're also a music teacher uh, in that you teach people how to play various instruments. Uh, are there yes. specific ones that you focus on uh, and some that, no, I'm not going to teach you to play the tuba because I don't have one, nor do I know how to play one? <laughs> My my main instruments that I teach are the guitar, the ukulele, the piano, and I also teach singing and songwriting. So now, now it is that, that, it, it is pronounced ukulele, not ukulele. Correct. It is ukulele. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, yes, and honestly, that is a fine distinction, but I think it's one that's important because, you know, people's uh, uh, names such as Yurchison, which is yours, uh, are very important. Uh, that's the reason why they were given. We're going to talk today, though, uh, uh, not only about your songwriting as well as the, your musicianship, but how it relates to what we do here on this program called Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're looking for uh, and offering choices and knowledge of those choices to help me put, make people's dreams come true. And that I know music is a, is a big part of a lot of people's lives, but sometimes only up to a point. And that point has to do with uh, that, oh, no, I'm not that great of a singer, or no, I can't play the piano that well, or whatever instrument it might be, let alone the voice. Um, I'm very shy, and yet I, I have this desire to, you know, express myself. But I, I you know, that seems to be one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of folks, isn't it? Absolutely. And you said that so beautifully because that is, I hear that all the time in my teaching. And that's why I wrote the book that I did. And that's why I went on the journey that I did because I was that person. Mm -hmm. And I had a burning desire to express so much inside of me. And I had music inside of me, but I had no idea because I wasn't ever told that I had any sort of talent or that I could sing or 
you know, on and on and on. But that is the gift because music is about vibration. And so when we align, it's like getting on the right radio station. Mm. So if you turn the knob to the right radio station that that uh, aligns with your essence, then music comes forth. And it doesn't matter because it's not about anybody else on the outside. It's about you. Tell us about your book. Okay. Well, my book is, since we are on YouTube here, it's called An Odyssey of Song. It's a musical journey into your creative heart. Mm. And what it is, is I guess the, the easiest way to compare it to is it's a musical artist way. And so I take people from the very beginning of having a desire. When you talk about aligning with your dreams, that's what that's what it is. It's it's a book to to manifest your dreams, but music is the vehicle. And so I take people through a hero's journey of their own life. And it's a vibrational journey. And so what they do is they they learn to write their story. There's a lot of writing and drawing and other creative modalities besides the music. Yeah. And then I teach them, you know, week by week as I coach them through it to add music to it, to find the music and to transform the story that they speak into a song that they sing. So that's really the, the first and foremost uh, uh, in regards to uh, someone being able to share their story, which is kind of what it comes down to, as we've talked about, their passion, what have you. They've got to get over that fear first, as if it's there. Yes. And of course, it's been said many, many times that people fear public speaking more than they do fear death, which is yes. rather fascinating. Uh, I've heard it, I've heard it put this way that people would rather, um, be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. okay, certainly <laughs> not me. Yeah. No, 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 no. I would have, I'll ad lib your eulogy, but I'm hoping that that is decades and decades away. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When did you Absolutely. find out about when did you get in touch with or 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 wake up? They, the big term today is uh, being woke. Uh, but when did you become aware? I like that even better. When did you become aware of your ability, your uh, passion, your desire, your purpose? Well, it's interesting that you use the words wake up because that's the poem in the front of the book. <laughs> I think you're aligning with my vibration here. So I guess so. I, <laughs> I woke up. Well, it was in my 20s. And I had been following, you know, the course that society sets for you. And I was doing a good job. And I became a teacher. And I had everything on the outside that everybody thinks they should have, right? I had a nice partner and a community. And I was teaching uh, but I felt dead inside. And so that was the catalyst that sent me on a journey that I found the artist's way. And that's why I say this is a musical version of the artist's way. And the artist's way, I, I remember walking in a street on poor, in Portland. It was pouring down rain. And I wanted to be in the sunshine. I just, my essence was all about sun. And I was totally depressed. I was working a dead-end job. Well, not dead-end. It was teaching. It was wonderful. But it was hard. It, it wasn't dead-end at all. But, 
I was working with um, some re a really hard population. And so I was, I felt dead end in myself, you know, and, and I walked past this book and it was glowing. And, and it was, I remember it was in this bookstore downtown and I walked into the store as, as if I was totally transfixed. And I went to the book and I opened it and it, it said that everybody is creative. Like that was the first thing I read. And I was like, no. And I shut the book because I didn't think I was creative myself. Right. So I was afraid of my own creativity, but then I peeked it open again and I started reading and and it talked about creativity in such a different way that I started to respond it talked about it as a way of force that that was infusing through all of us and that by our birth that we were creative and that was the beginning of the catalyst that set me off on a journey. I, I had always had a dream to trek the hills of Nepal. And I, I trekked the hills of Nepal. I watched a cremation ceremony on the Ganges River. And I moved to Portugal. Mm. And that was when the music started to come to me. And I started teaching the artist way there mm. for the teachers and the community. And as I started developing my own music and my own work. So, yeah. Our guest today is Emily Yurchitson here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where you can not only listen to these programs uh, live streamed at richarddugan.com, but also podcasted on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations. You can watch these videos of uh, the uh, interviews on YouTube, my channel, uh, Richard Dugan, and Tell Me Your Story. So hope that you will avail yourselves of that, as well as go to our guest's website. How, where should our guests, our listeners go, uh, Emily, to find out more about you and the work you're doing and maybe even uh, not only get a copy of your book, but also maybe connect with you and say, look, I, 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 I got this thing I want to do and I really love, I would love to learn to play this or that or the other, or maybe just, you know, vocalize, but I'm scared, I'm shy, I'm this or that or the other. In other words, get, I need help getting over that hurdle. Uh, where, do they, yes. where do you want them to go to find out more? Uh, well, I have a membership website that they can go check out called emilysongbird.com. And I also have, I think the best way would just be an email, which mm -hmm. is E and then my last name, which is a doozy, <laughs> Yurchison, Y-U-R-C-H-E-S-H-E-N at gmail.com. Um, and you can also call 805 458 and we will be linked to your website as well so people can find out more. Also, uh, as we're taking this short uh, pause here, I want to remind you, too, that uh, we want you all to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we want you to spend time going within. I think we're going to dive into that here in just a moment and spend that time in that still, quiet, peaceful, calm place. Listen to that still, small voice uh, to get the guidance that you so desperately need. I, I myself have found myself in those moments of, honestly, in those moments of desperation where I'm going, oh, please, universe, give me an answer. Give me. And you, you almost have to shut up and 
the universe knows, and you just have to listen. So I encourage you to do that. Also, if you'd like to support the work that we are doing here on Tell Me Your Story, we would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. We'll take any amount. And uh, every everything that is uh, donated to us, we are not nonprofit. We are not a nonprofit, so be, bear that in mind also. Um, but... Uh, it, it all really is greatly appreciated and goes to uh, help to defray some of the costs that I pay. Uh, so uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have helped, and thank you, thank you, thank you to those who will help. I'm just a girl hanging on the beach. I'm just a girl, I'm just a girl, little out of reach. with Emily Yurchitson here on uh, Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We hope that you are enjoying the program and uh, getting to realize that, you know, we've all got a story to tell. One of the things that I would like to touch upon, uh, Emily, and that is this aspect of uh, going within. You know, I was actually listening to a program that went back to, I think, 2007. And it was another program dealing with similar conversations as which we have on this program. And the woman who was on this program was talking about that very thing back in 2007, 2008, about going within. It's only from within that you are going to really have, uh, um, shall we say, a fulfilled life. Doesn't mean you won't have challenges. How has your intuition... How has your inner life, as uh, we call it, how has that 
benefited, supported, worked for you over the years that you have been doing this work? It's an excellent question. And I, I love that you're focusing on that because I believe that when we build that, I call it the holy home. And, and that's one of the songs that I, that I recently have written is that we build that foundation within, that holy home within, that it manifests on the outside. And so, but we need to focus every day. I get up every morning, um, sometimes at four o'clock and I do my chanting. I do Sanskrit chanting. So the listening, sitting in silence is a really, really key piece. And, um, and then, but for me, it's always been the sound that I vibrate with that ancient Sanskrit language. And so I do those Sanskrit ch chants, the Sata, Nama, and the Ramadasa, and these, these um, chants that help you to vocalize the truth and align vibrationally with who you are. And so it, uh, it's this process of listening. And then when you get the downloads, and, and timing is so key. Timing is absolutely key. So you build that holy home inside and you show up for it every single day. And you let go of what the outside is thinking or the authorities outside because a lot of times we're living our life for the outside from the outside in instead of from the inside out and so when we align with the truth of our being and and it's interesting because when i do these chants that's when the music comes to me and the music is always reminding me of my essence because my ego has a different idea of what i think i'm going to do with the day or who i'm going to you know what what really matters and when I go within and I align I listen I pay attention then I'm I'm encouraged to walk a path and to trust that path and to have faith in that path and I'm going to say one more thing before I go back to you but those oftentimes through the music the questions would come like you were saying these I you know I'm not gonna lie to you I've been in that place too that desperation where I need this help right you're just praying for the universe I need a change but the thing is the minute that you feel that there's a contrasting experience and the universe has already listened it's just us that has to align with the truth of our own knowing and the the external um, experience has to transform it will transform to align with what you're knowing is but it takes time sometimes you know i have to tell you too that uh it, i've been there more times than i care to think of and it is it's just so blasted uncomfortable and what's <laughs> even frustrating from the personality side of me is oh my god i've interviewed all of these people and i've tried so many of these different things and and i'm still dealing with this stupid thing that is Got me all bent out of shape. And as my father would say, don't get so bent out of shape uh, and, and so forth. And, and, you know, there are times when I think, come on, I, I thought I made it, you know, and, and I realize, I, you know, it's like the, the logical part of me and based upon these interviews that I've done um, uh, is that, you know, we never necessarily are free of all of that stuff. It's our reaction or rather than reaction, our action to it. And, and, and I mean, I remember in the past, you know, I'd get to that moment of desperation and, and crying out to the universe, to God, to what have you, my friend, who I, is my still small voice. And 
sometimes I'd be in tears. And I was like, I don't, I, I, wh- and I start asking myself the question, what have I not done? What is it that I am missing that is causing me to have to go through this again? And that's the <laughs> yeah. hardest, that's the hardest part of all. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, absolutely. wait a minute. I thought that I fixed this. I know. It, yeah, exactly. And I had a conversation with my mom this morning about a similar, you know, that similar where you're walking, you know, you're walking along and the hole is there and, you know, you just fall in the hole again, even though you might even see it, you see it, you, you just fall into it instead of realizing you can walk around it. But I think what it is, is that it's a journey, right? The whole focus, like people, when I take people on this journey, they think they're going to learn to play the guitar. They yeah. think they're going to find their voice. And yes they do i mean music is a part of it i'll teach you how to play the guitar i'll teach you all that but what they don't realize is that the journey is a journey and so it's aligning it's aligning more with who you are but but a big part of it is letting go of the expectation of thinking you've got to be anywhere because really what you have to what i discovered for myself is that i need to accept all of who i am and, and in the book i have these different archetypal energies like the first one I, I talk about is the child because the child i also call the child the dream keeper because the child is the one who holds the dreams in my experience it's it's the one who holds those creative dreams no matter how crazy they may seem right i want to be a rock star how many i have so many students Right? I want to be a rock star. But then you have to look at the wounds of the child because the child has the gifts, but also the wounds. And when we fall back and we trip up, it's the conditioning. It's the old tape. It's the cellular memory of your dad saying whatever he did to, to you or, you know, whatever that is. And so that part of needs to be addressed. And I love how you said that that inner voice is your friend, because that's what you start to do is you start to dialogue with these different aspects of your being. So, you know, Carl Jung talks about the individuation process that we're looking at these different energies and I call them characters and I have people sketch out these characters, the perfectionist, the critic, the child, um, and then they start to dialogue with those parts of themselves through the creative process and you accept and you honor that, that your essence is beyond uh, the sum of all those parts. I had the great privilege some years ago, uh, no one else but family have heard it, of interviewing my parents. <laughs> and the subject of music came up because, mm. because of the fact that we, that was part of what we uh, had in our family as kids growing up. When we would travel, we'd be singing in the car. My dad would teach us certain songs. And, of course, some of the mm-hmm. traditional traveling songs of uh, oh, oh, My Sunshine. Uh, my Only mm-hmm. Sunshine, I guess, is what it is. And, and, and many others. And it just, it was, it was like, okay, and that was part of our lives. And we used to go Christmas caroling around the neighborhood every year. Uh, I have two younger sisters that, because I wasn't home much in my teens, let alone in my early 20s, uh, they became beautiful singers. I even helped mm-hmm. each of them to record uh, some music of theirs that, that just brought me to tears, not only because of how beautiful their voices were, uh, but also because of what I had missed. 
by not mm-hmm. being there. Music mm-hmm. is is huge. And we have on this program many people. Um, uh, Jonathan uh, Goldman, who is also involved in sound out of Los Angeles, and we've had him on many times talking about the uh, World Sound Healing Day, which is on the 14th of February of every year. And sound, vibration, tone uh, seem to be extremely important. Vibration in general. You talked about uh, chanting, I guess it is, you said, meditating and chanting in Sanskrit. I was interviewing uh, a Swami, a yogi, uh, who was telling me that they have courses in England where they teach children Sanskrit, but not for the purposes of revitalizing the language. There has been scientific evidence to prove that learning Sanskrit changes the neural pathways, the synapses and so forth, changes how these, how people think. Yes. Yes. So let's Ah. talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the aspect of how vibration, tone, whatever, whatever word that you want to use music, uh, has what kind of an effect it has on not just the human brain, but the body physically, mentally, emotionally, as well as spiritually from what you have learned. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's, that's an excellent question. And, and I think, I mean, I think it really is all about vibration. And so music is vibration uh, at its essence. And so when, when I moved to Portugal, I, uh, unbeknownst to me, I, I moved into the room of a woman who was known as a sound healer. I hadn't heard that term before. And so, but what she was doing was she was composing songs and she was also speaking in tongues. And I worked with her some because I too wanted to free my voice and I wanted to find what was blocking me. Why was, you know, why was I out of sync here and uh, dissonance? And so what happened is as she worked with me more and more, there was so much emotion that came out of me. And so what I was doing with the sound, and then I started working with chakras and energy. I, I worked with a teacher there and I also became certified in sound healing in Alicante, Spain. And so I dove deeper and deeper into it because I was feeling that sound and vibration was healing me at a, at a very deep level. And so um, I, I believe, and, and this is my experience of it is there are techniques that you can do. There's the Sanskrit chanting. I love to chant with Snodham Kaur. She's a wonderful, um, she does music. She oftentimes comes to Santa Barbara and does concerts, but I chant with her every morning. She does the Sanskrit. She's also an American singer songwriter, Um, but her songs really touch a core very deeply in me. There's also toning that you can do um, single tone and double toning that like the Mongolians do. We learned how to do this in the sound healing conference. Um, And it also changes the neural pathways your brain and so you can tone you can chant and i also believe and this is my experience is that 
If you open that channel and you discover what music is for you, you may, um, that it may have a complete way of connecting you with the neural pathways, with everything that you are, with your true vibration. And you may not even know. It might be the chanting. It might be the toning. It might be... Um, there's a woman that, that I interviewed on, on my podcast and she actually, um, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and she had never sung in her life. She played a little piano when she was younger, but when she was diagnosed, she decided to not take the diagnosis as final and music started coming singing he had never used her voice in that way she started singing about angels and then she wrote a book on those angels and so um and and one other thing she told me that was so powerful was that she had had a dream when the twin towers were falling down that um she was the the, the golden gate bridge she had this dream that the golden gate bridge was going to be hit next and then all of a sudden in her dream, it was like all destruction. And all of a sudden this, this Sanskrit chant came to her and it completely obliterated everything. And it just all went to peace. So that's an example of how vibration can really, really heal. We're talking with Emily Yurchardson. And I want to ask you also, uh, how, what, what are the steps people should take after they have uh, contacted you? Uh, what's next on the list as far as... Uh, 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 learning how to share one's story. <laughs> share one's story and song. Well, if you contact me, you get a free session with me. So in that way, what I do is I assess whether, because there are, I teach families to play music. I teach people to play music. And I do kind of an assessment in the beginning. If we're just working with music, then you can learn an instrument. You can learn to sing. You can learn to, but if you, if there are deeper issues that are holding you back from expressing, or there might be health issues. Um, I, I, I did a talk last year for the Parkinson's Association, and we talked about the power of sound with that. So if you have any sort of health condition or a something that we can work in a healing capacity with sound, then um, you can also get my book, which is an odyssey of song. And you can get that at amazon.com and you can go on there and read some reviews. And that would be a really good start for, um, yeah, for going on this journey. Jeez. 
Emily Yurchison, and she is, uh, Emily Yurchison is available for you to uh, get in contact with her by uh, going to her website, and uh, I actually brought your website up, and uh, actually I brought up a couple of things here. Uh, Anchor.fm is, of course, where your your blog is, but yeah, yeah, you have a blog that's available to folks, but emilysongbird.com is the website you want to go to. And it's Odyssey of Song is the title of the book? An Odyssey of Song, yes. Odyssey of Song. Uh We want people to find out more. Uh, What about someone who is, um, they have a story to tell and they do have a voice. They do have a a, a way of expressing themselves, but they're getting shot down by the outside world. Yes. And and that's hard to deal with for a lot of folks. They feel yeah. like they don't belong. Yes. They don't feel like they yeah. fit in. Yes. And and I tell you, from being an outsider, that's that's hard to hard to deal with sometimes because it's like you yeah. don't know you don't know whether you should say something. You don't know whether uh, it's 
If you do say something, it could be the wrong thing and you want to support them. Uh, as a guy, you know, I don't want to fix it, okay? I mean, I do, but I don't, you know? I mean, I know that whole yeah. dilemma, uh, especially when it comes with, uh, uh, you know, trying to help a, a female, uh, a, a woman who's, who's in distress that you know well, a partner, what have you. So yeah. how... How do you how do you break through something like that? Because, like I said, it's hard to to just sit there and and not have a good answer. You know, I usually just say, "Look, it's not your problem; it's theirs." But it's still affecting that person. Absolutely, it still affects that person. Yeah, and I think, but I I think what is so important is that we go within, right? You go within and uh, and you listen. And those boundaries are really, really key. And and I'm gonna, I wanna speak to that sense of, of not belonging because I definitely know what that's like. I, I felt that since the, my birth. I, I felt that from coming onto this planet. And and I think shifting that narrative is is really a, a big part of, of what I the work I do. So, but, I think first and foremost, it's really about having that compassion for yourself, right? That, that you have that compassion because, and I think with men especially, and I've done some really wonderful coaching, coaching with men. I actually really enjoy coaching men, but, um, but it's, you know, this fix it mentality, right? We're, we're here to fix it and we're here to hold up that, that masculine strength. And yet maybe we're crumbling in inside. Right? And so so we can't anybody with ourselves. And sometimes we just have to create those boundaries, but lovingly for ourselves, you know, loving ourselves. We do it with compassion because the tendency is we oftentimes react rather than make conscious choices that align really with the essence of who we are, that that we react from the conditioning that we've had. And so getting in touch and uh, sometimes you have to to take that space back and sometimes now I had to do this with my dad because I watched my dad kill himself with alcohol right and mm. I loved my dad that was how the dream of music started was you know we were dancing and singing when I was little and so and I all I wanted to do was I wanted to save him right and and um, the suffering got worse trying to hold him up and so eventually I had to release him and he his spirit moved on and and I was free, but that when somebody's hurting, we 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 think we're helping by holding on, but really we're just sinking down. We, we might be the rescuer. That was my that was my role growing up. And it sounds even like with your sisters, it sounds like you know there was something about you being gone. And even with the music, and I, I've seen this a lot with families, is that there's some sort of vibrational gap. And so you know that sense of belonging and wholeness first has to come with yourself. Mm -hmm. And and really honoring you and then then what oftentimes happens is that vibration shifts and the dynamic shifts on the outside you don't even have to say anything just yeah. does that resonate yeah yeah it does and i think that the other mm -hmm. aspect of it too is that we're all on our own individual paths and you know mm -hmm. as much as you wanted to fix your dad and as much as i would want to fix this other person uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I've got enough on my plate to deal with my life. I, 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 and I can be there and be supportive. It's almost along the lines of a dear friend of mine, my best friend. We went through grade school, high school and college together. And he called me one day 
a few years ago, told me he was living out of his car. He still lives in Phoenix and mm-hmm. and uh, was going. He told me all this. They told me the story. And uh, I knew what, that I knew at that moment why he was calling because he was hoping I would be able to send him some money, which I just didn't have. But yeah. I, 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 I guess intuited that I knew that he had a network of friends uh, in that community because he was born and raised there just like I was. I says, you need to go mm-hmm. to somebody there that you know well, mm-hmm. that you're good friends with and say, look, I, I, I need help. I need a place to stay until I can get back up on my feet and so on and so forth. That's exactly what he did. And and it worked, you know, and now he's he's employed, he's working, he's uh, and all of these different things. His struggles haven't changed that much, but at least now he's got a roof over his head and clothing and and shelter and yeah. and all of those types of things. And sometimes we yeah. can end up sacrificing ourselves in the process. And, of course, the first rule of survival is take care of number one. Sounds selfish, mm-hmm. but if you don't take care of number one, mm-hmm. how are you going to take care of anybody else? How are you going to help anybody else? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it when you take care of yourself, you align with your essence, and then you can give so much to everybody else because you are speaking from your truth and you're speaking from your, you know, that that compassionate place within yourself, that knowing place within yourself. And all those egoic places are um, we come up against those, right? We become resentful when we rescue. It's an energetic thing, right? When I rescue somebody then I need somebody else to rescue me. Like it's that victim rescuer thing. I feel like a victim when I'm helping somebody else out because there's not alignment in the energy. And the other thing that I would say, and is that, that when we give each other the space to take care of uh, what they need to, they get an opportunity to align with the support of the universe. And then they get to see, if they're interested in seeing and experiencing, they get to feel and see that they are supported beyond what one person could do for another person. And so the, the idea of dependency that we get sucked into, right? So many relationships are dependent. They're not interdependent. But the but the true alignment needs to be with the universe. That's our source. And so to me, again, going back to music and going back to vibration is we've got to go back to the source. But you need to have some sort of practice to go back to. And she has a website (laughs) that is emilysongbird.com. The Odyssey of Song is her book. She's available for you. Uh, She does have a phone number. Give that to us once again. It's 805-458-3987. And we'll have that in the video. I'll go ahead and put that up on the video mm-hmm. screen so people can have that and get in touch with you and find out more about connecting with you uh, so that they can better connect with themselves. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I, I will tell people that, you know, you're not going to find any answers outside yourself. And, and there is a certain element that is, that's true. There is a certain element of mm-hmm. that is true. By the same token, you know, if, if, if we weren't meant to uh, uh, live together, there are enough planets in the universe that we could each occupy one. I'm sure there are 8 billion different planets that we could live on. 
but that's not the situation. And so we're here to help and work and play together. And so uh, contact Emily and find out more about that as you continue listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I do thank you for joining us each uh, each week at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at those times, as well as this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And I hope that you will continue to uh, follow along, uh, whether it's the podcasts or the live broadcasts or the video casts. talking with Emily Yurchison, and uh, we're uh, trying to uh, uh, ascertain uh, more and more how we can best express ourselves, how we can best tell our story. We all have them. Uh, one of the things I've learned, Emily, is that we all have the same emotions, all right? That's what makes us the same. What really makes <laughs> us different and unique is our stories, yeah. And it's fascinating how someone else's story can affect our emotions. Yes. Uh, not only in terms of it touching us, but also in terms of us learning from that story. Yes. And uh, that's really a, a, an important lesson these days is the listening part. 
it's great if you can teach me, who's so shy and introverted, how to get out there and start to express myself and tell my story through words and or music and or whatever other form I should choose. But it seems to me it's also just as important to know how to genuinely, truly listen. Yes. Talk to us yes. about that and how we can be better listeners. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you said that. I I just thought about that yesterday as I because I have a new program. I have this this 90 day um, Odyssey of Song program for people who want to give permission to themselves uh, to find their voice, to free their voice, to explore the instruments, to to learn to tell their story, right, and and to sing their story. And then this next program is really about taking it deeper. It's about taking it to the next level. And the first piece of it is to really learn to listen. And, and I think that a lot of times people, they speak because they're afraid to listen, right? They, they're, they're overcompensating. And the listening is, is the very first step. And I think sitting in silence every day before there's any sound, I mean, I'll, I'll sit with the lights off and I'll just sit in that silence and, and just listen. But I think it, it goes beyond that. It, we listen to the universe. That's the first step. And then when we are communicating with others that we are, you know, you have such a, a gift in doing this work. And I, I do this on my um, podcast as well, is that we get the gift of listening to someone else's story. And listening is not just hearing the words. And, and this is something that's really interesting is aligning that inner voice, that inner voice of truth with the outer voice. And I had no idea. This is something I learned um, in Portugal as well is that, wow, oftentimes I would say things, but my inner voice was not in alignment with it. So what people heard was different than what I intended, right? So a big part of listening is presence, is emotional presence. And it's really difficult to be emotionally present for somebody else if we're not emotionally present for ourselves. It's really difficult to be listening to somebody else because there's something inside of us that wants to jump in and say something, to defend ourselves, to, you know, and so, but when we sit there and we are present, then what we're doing is we're not only hearing what people say, but we're feeling the emotion of the words. And I don't know if you can tell, but as I speak, I'm going on a journey as well. There, I change my tone, right? There are certain times I get soft and I create more of a compassionate space. Then there are other times when I hone in and I'm just powering through because what we're doing is we're creating a dialogue vibrationally so that there is a presence there. And the presence is not just me. It's not just you. It's that coming together and then we create that space for the universe to be that third voice, that harmony, right? Mm. And really guide us to speak not from just our mouths, but from hearts. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, it has taken me a number of years um, especially from childhood, where <laughs> I would walk up to a couple of adults who were having a conversation and I wanted to share something and they would turn, Richard, don't you see that I'm talking to another adult? 
And basically that was saying, shut up and go away. <laughs> Without saying, shut up and go away. Uh, and one of the, I think one of the greatest traits that I learned from the late Larry King in his uh, style was that he never prepared for his interviews when he would take callers from across the country who would also ask his guest questions. His questions, he wanted to be as fresh as those of his listeners who didn't have the prep material or the book. And so that's kind of where I have come from uh, over the years. And it's, it's, I guess it served me well in, in, in one sense. Uh, Although some would say, well, how did you not know it? Didn't you read that in the, well, but here's the thing. If I read all of that information, what do I need the guest for? I've got the information. I'll just read it. And then you can go to the website or what have you. You don't get to know the person. And to getting to know the person is like Christmas morning and opening one of those presents. You get to go into somebody else's world. Yeah, exactly. And you get to go into another part of your world. And that's what the gift. I love the work that I do, the intimate coaching. I love teaching families. It's very, very fun for me to do that. But I also love the intimate coaching world that I create because I'm a very intimate person. And so when you work with me one-on-one, there's that sacred space that I think I want to go back to what you said, because I'm really trying to listen um, to what you're saying, not just the questions that you're asking, but, and, and I can very much relate to what you're saying about, you know, that idea of shut up, like you were wanting to be heard. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's interesting the work that you do, right? You're speaking on the radio, many people are hearing your voice, but sometimes, and this is the, you know, this is the little seed is sometimes there's a part of us that still never feels heard. Right. And so when we sit with that and, and we go, you know what, what is that? What emotion does that bring up? Is that sadness? You know, is that sadness that, um, and, and for me, I never spoke up. So I never actually had that chance to even, because I wouldn't even speak up. I was so shut down and I, that I was afraid to even use my voice. So I think that even though people are talking, that they're, that's what I talk about, the outer versus the inner voice, that your outer voice may be saying all these, it might be even telling your story, but the inner voice is saying, I really wish you would hear me. I really wish you would hear me. You know what I mean? And so it's, um, so it's, it's a really interesting uh, paradox there. And, and it goes back to getting emotionally, because when I heard you say that, and this is, you know, this is, as this is this emotional presence kind of work. But when I heard you say that, and, and this is something that I listened for is where did the tone of your voice go? Where did the intonation go? Right? We have certain registers where we speak that we're most comfortable with. But you went into a little boy place. You went into a softer, more vulnerable place. And and I heard that. Mm. And so, you know, and sometimes we play these other roles for each other. Sometimes with a client, I'll play the role of a mother because they're needing that role in the moment. Or I'll play the role of the child because they're needing to play out the role of the parent. But we have all, as I said before, we have all these archetypal energies within us. We have that wounded child. And we also have the ability to parent that 
that child, like our parents weren't able to do for us. They just weren't able to meet all of our needs. But if you get to know that part of yourself, what do you really need? Um, and, and that's why people who are like, I always want, I have a, a client I had last year. He's like, I've always wanted to play the guitar. And he's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it, it's no big deal and this and that. And, and actually, the guitar was a vehicle for all of this deep emotion to come out. And so the guitar sitting across the room was just a metaphor for him really looking at some of those places within himself that were just that just you know still were hurting yeah and it's okay you know yeah. it's uh, that's interesting too because a lot of times when we're talking we're unaware uh, of the yeah. change we are just unaware mm. now we might yeah. feel it okay as we're talking yes. but yeah. it's yes. it's it's more of a subconscious i don't know if it's between subconscious and unconscious uh, probably subconscious yeah. Uh, that kind of a shift. Uh, I know that yeah. uh, I get into a different uh, mood and tone when I'm teaching, uh, when yes. I have to train somebody. You know, I get a little yeah. more authoritative and, okay, this and that and the other thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I, I, I yeah. you know, but at the same time, I also try to gauge it based upon the person I'm working with because some people, yeah. they don't uh, they don't respond real well to that that sort of authoritarian voice, even though I'm not being demanding and controlling per se, I'm trying to give yeah. instruction as to how they can, uh, you know, what, what's coming next, you know, all right, get ready yeah. to push that button, get ready to fly that pot, get ready to hit the space bar, hit, get, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm part of a, a Toastmasters group, so I do speaking and I remember the first time I did, a, um, I, I did humorous each contest in in front. I, I mean, I had performed, but I hadn't done the speaking piece, and I was in front of eighty people, and I didn't have a microphone. And a lot of times, people say, "Oh, will you speak up?" Right? I have a very soft-spoken voice. I can't hear you. But the thing is, when I got up in front of those eighty people, hmm. everybody, even in the back, could hear me. So, so what is that dynamic of how our voice is and how we can, you know, how we can know, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in an auditorium of 80 plus people. I, I need to project. And it wasn't at a conscious level. It was just like, okay, I'm here to channel at a larger level. And when I'm in intimate space, I'm, you know, I can be in that sacred, softer tone. But if we're channeling something through, and like you said, if it's coming from an authoritative, I'm going to tell you, like I'm, I'm telling somebody how to play chords on the guitar or to do a riff, you know, it's very matter of fact. It's just this and this and this. But if they get this place in them and I see this look of panic on their face, then my tone changes because I don't want to be the one who re-injures them if they had any sort of wounding, like you're not good enough or you couldn't play the guitar or whatever it was you were told, you know? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a song that, um, it was 1980, summer of 1980. I was in a program uh, that was, it was called Life Spring. Mm -hmm. And there was an exercise where we had to stand up in front of the entire group of maybe 20, maybe 30 people. And we had to get them involved somehow in us. 
Uh All right. And I stood there for an interminable amount of time. And I Mm. finally started to sing Mm. the song. I was a big Barry Manilow fan back then. And Mm -hmm. the lyrics to that song, and I don't, it just fit. Just one voice singing in the darkness. All it takes is one voice singing. So they hear what's on your mind. And when you look around, you'll find there's more than one voice singing in the darkness, joining with your one voice. Each and every note, another octave. Hands are joined and fears unlocked. If only one voice would start it. On its way, on its own, we need just one voice facing the unknown. And then that one voice would never be alone. It takes that one voice. Mm. I started low. I started Mm. quietly. I started Mm. embarrassed. Mm. And then as I got into it, I got louder And I got louder and I started to dance around the room. I started to clap my hands and drew everybody in. Now, what is so interesting about that story? When we first entered on day one of the program, and this was, I think, on a Saturday, it was a Wednesday night. And as they got to know us that night, the facilitators gave us names and you probably won't believe the name they gave to me now bear in (laughs) mind this has no religious connotations all right they gave me the name of prince of darkness had nothing to do with evil had to do with apparently they saw that i was either i was in a dark place Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I came mm-hmm. out of that in that song mm-hmm. and it was it was uh, it was quite spectacular mm-hmm. um, I, I like I said that stays with me to this day uh, I have loved that song it speaks to me mm-hmm. about what it is that we are all about and that without everyone's voice the choir is deficient it yes. really is yes yes and i i have a um my my vision for my next album which is a little I, it's it's a vision of bringing people together so it's it's all of my artist friends that i that i know but it's called the one song of love because I also believe that the song itself, the voice and the song is the song of love. And it's that unified being in that one voice, in that one song, that we really are part of this choir. And all voice matter. All voices matter. It doesn't matter what you've been told about your voice or your voice is high, low, or soft. It doesn't matter. See, that's a perfect, a beautiful example that stayed with you forever because sang that, that was your essence 
which I essence your song, that was your song coming out and announcing to the world who I am and not only who I am, but that you are all part of this. And so, and sometimes in the darkness, we have to be in the darkness before we emerge into the light. And that's just, you know, that's just part of the process. We feel alone and that we are the one voice, that one, no estranged voice but the thing is we're all in it together and so i think it that reminds me of that one song of love because love is the vibration that we are all seeking at some level whether it's conscious or unconscious and so when we align with the truth of our being you got beyond everybody outside of yourself and you aligned with the truth of what you knew in the deepest darkest part of your being because that's what you know that the creativity emerges from the shadow so we have to go through that shadow to emerge in and I think that's such a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's very powerful. Oh, you're very welcome.
talking with uh, Emily Yurchison, and she has a website. It's called emilysongbird.com. She has a book that is entitled The Odyssey of Song. Is that correct? The yes, Odyssey of Song. Yeah. She has classes. She has a uh, free consultation to start. And uh, we hope that you will avail yourselves of uh, what she has to offer, offer in, in the way of the service that she gives uh, to, uh, to you and I. Not only through this program, but through everything that she does. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. And uh, I, 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 there are some other areas that maybe we'll I, I have you back to talk more about uh, not just what you hear uh, when you're talking and working with people, but what you see. The body language. It's more difficult these days, of course, because of Zoom. You can't really see head to toe kind of thing and are their legs crossed are their arms crossed you know uh that but but you certainly can pick a lot up from the face there's no question about it as well as the tone and we'll talk about that in a future program i have three final questions that i do want to ask you but i do want to remind our listeners that this program is here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Monday mornings at 1 a.m. as well as this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Uh, we're a podcast as well on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations that you folks are reposting to. Thank you for doing that. We have a video cast on YouTube, uh, Tell Me Your Story, Richard Dugan. Just look for the man with the hat, okay, and the beard. <laughs> Uh, and uh, hope that you will uh, uh, avail yourselves of those. Also, if you can support us financially, gratefully appreciated. Any amount is uh, gratefully appreciated. That's why we have a PayPal and Patreon account for your security as well as ours. And please take time during the decade of perfect vision to uh, go within. Spend time with your friend. Uh, whatever name you choose to give, it's, it's, it's as personal a relationship as is in some philosophies, your relationship with your concept of the creator, the force, uh, the great spirit, if you will. It's, it's, it's nobody else's business but yours, and um, you make it your business to connect. I think it, you, you, you can't go wrong. You've got nothing to lose. You've got nothing to lose. <laughs> all right, so with all of that said, my first of three you may have addressed these during the interview, but I like to ask these directly. First is, who is Emily Yurchison? Emily Yurchison is love. She is love. 
She is uh, the essence of my being is love. I am here to teach about love and to learn about love. And my music is is uh, my music is my vehicle as well as creativity. What is it that you hope to uh, or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I would love to build a movement of the one song of love that we all can be, that we can transform the vibrations of fear that so many people living under, we can transform the, the vibrations of illness, and that we can come together in a vision of love and joy and peace. And music can be the vehicle that we can reach all corners of the earth and create abundance through and harmony, getting along and seeing each other and hearing each other and loving each other. Um, yeah. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is it's learning to love myself. And through that process, through that healing journey, that I am able to emanate that love to others. And so in, in one of the key pieces of it um, is that I was uh, playing the other day at a, a their home. They had just actually opened the door. They all had their vaccines and we were playing there. And I, I realized that always when I perform, I make mistakes. No matter how much I practice, I make mistakes. And But it's just like the embroidery that always you know, has that those, those mistakes are a part of the essence of who you are. So be willing to not only make the mistakes, take the risks to learn and grow and make the mistakes, but honor the mistakes because they are part of the unique essence of who you are. Well, Emily, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today and sharing your story and the story of telling one's own story getting in touch with it and telling it and sharing it in the way that is uh, that works for each one of us. Some people will write it. Some people will talk it. Some people will sing it. Some will put it into paintings and sculptures, and it, it could come in any form these days. And we thank you for uh, helping us to begin that process. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was such an honor and a pleasure, and I was very, very grateful to be here with you today. And I thank you for listening and watching. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.
you there 
Treated you 